Today we're going to talk about um, the Cenozoic mass extinctions. Um, so this PowerPoint is on Blackboard. And um, yeah, so this will basically be uh, the mammal extinctions that took place during the Mesozoic. All right, so the Mesozoic is basically, um, it started approximately 57 million years ago. Um, if you get out your lab book, and look again at your geologic time scale behind the first cover, it says that, um, so the, the Meso or sorry, the Cenozoic is the one at the very top. It's where the tertiary and um, the Paleocene epoch. So approximately 65.5 million years ago. This slide says 57. Um, yeah, just give, a, give or take a couple million of years. Um, these are the epochs. So we uh, divide the Cenozoic down um, into a smaller scale. Uh, time period than all the other time periods and we do that um, just because it's the most recent geologic time period there's a lot more diversity um, there's a lot more of a fossil record so it basically enables us to divide um, the time periods down uh, to be like much smaller time scales and you can see here that um, these are some of the key events that have happened in the past 65 million years um, Horses evolved during the Eocene, and then you would have had grass would have emerged during the Oligocene, and then um, in the Miocene, approximately 25 million years ago, that's when you would have started to see the first large predatory mammals. So mammals that actually weren't just like little rodents or um, herbivores, vegetarians. And then in uh, the Pliocene, approximately 5.3 to 2 million years ago, the first humans would have appeared. And then um, about the Pleistocene, so 2 million to 10,000 years ago, humans began to walk um, upright and humans used fire. And then the woolly mammoths, those were at the very end of the Pleistocene. And then the Holocene is um, the current time period. Um, some people break down the time period that we're in called the Anthropocene, and that's just basically they've subdivided a little bit further because of all of um, the changes that humans have caused on the Earth, like the past hundred years, essentially. But um, yeah, that's, that's something that's a little bit more like on the anthropology side and not as much the geology side. But you can see um, within the Holocene, a key thing is that the pyramids of Egypt were, um, were around, and then the last woolly mammoths would have died out um, less than 10,000 years ago. All right, so this is um, the mid-Cenozoic mass extinctions. So um, you can see here that this is uh, one of the mass extinctions. So this is the end Permian. So this is one that we discussed the end of the Paleozoic. So this one was massive. Then we have the end Cretaceous. This was the dinosaur one that we talked about. And then you'll see here that there's another one right about here, maybe around 30 million years ago. And um, so it kind of goes down right here. And then you see that there's a big kind of spike. And then there's these smaller ones sitting right down in here. So there were ones that have taken place in the last 65 million years. Not on the same scale, maybe, as the end Cretaceous or the end Permian, but definitely significant, and we recognize it in the rock record. All right, so there was an extinction between the Eocene and the Oligocene, and it was approximately uh, 34 million years ago. So it happened over several pulses, 
It uh, once again mostly affected marine mammals, so whales and porpoises. So it it seems to be a repeat where things in the ocean are just always being um, greatly affected. The other thing that it impacted on land would be um, horses. Um, this other type of hoofed animal, uh, I'm not even sure how you exactly pronounce that. It's extinct now. Rodents and primates, it would have affected these as well. However, one thing that I find really interesting is that the marsupials, marsupials live, they're pouched animals that live um, on Australia. It has not affected um, those, this extinction. And then as a result, because remember when you have an extinction, then typically it, it allows other um, groups of animals to diversify after the extinction is done. And the new groups that appeared would have been rhinos, hippos, pigs, and cows. So more of the modern, um, these certainly are the domesticated animals, but um, these as well. All right, so what could have been the cause? So that's one thing we always go back to. I think a repeat theme that you guys have seen throughout the semester. What causes these mass extinctions in the Cenozoic? Um, could it have been global cooling? So just changes in climate, basically. Um, the onset of the Antarctic continental glaciation. So remember, during this time period, if you think of um, plate tectonic movement, the continents would have been splitting up and dividing, and they would be coming somewhat similar to the way that we see the, um, the plates, the way that they're arranged today. And uh, one thing could have possibly been that Antarctica, so it would have moved down at the South Pole, and if those glaciers started to, uh, it got cold enough that those glaciers started to form. So the, could that have had an influence and changed the weather on the entire globe? And then um, another thing that happened is that the forests, so prior to this, there were all these, um, these spore-bearing trees and then flowering plants. And grasses appeared in the Oligocene. So is it a shift in food sources? Could that have possibly caused um, animals to die off and just diversity to change, essentially? Down here, you'll see that this is um, the record of um, the temperature of the planet. Um, this comes from a variety of different data. Um, this one, it looks to, it doesn't actually say the data source on here. I'm guessing that it's gonna be um, stable isotope data that they're using, but there is a link down at the bottom here that if you're curious of what the data that went into this. Um, you can see here though that in um, this time period, so this is basically um, all of geologic time from the Cambrian, almost all. So basically the Paleozoic is from here to here and then the Mesozoic is from here, this spike all the way through the Cretaceous. And then you'll see here that the Paleocene um, starts out relatively warm and then it gets really warm in the Eocene and then it drops way, way down into the Oligocene and the Miocene and, and it continues to drop through the Pliocene. And then this is the Pleistocene, the last ice age that we had. And you can see here that you see periods of up and down, up and down. So it's cooler, warmer, cooler, warmer, but overall it's relatively low. And then you can see that it increases. So it warms back up and it like really stabilizes here in the Holocene. And then of course now um, this is not including like modern date. Modern date things are just basically starting to climb and go off of the charts since the industrial revolution essentially and especially like the last 30 years. So you can see that there's been a lot of changes um, 
throughout geologic time. Also note that the scale that you're looking at is an algorithm scale, so it's not equal distance in time. So that's why the, the wiggles look the way they do. So just notice that it's there's a lot of geologic time in this time period, like about 500 million years here. And then from here all the way to the edge of the graph, it's only 65 million years. So it's not like a proportional regular graph. All right, so the onset of the continental glaciation, Antarctic. So what are what is the evidence of it? So we always look for evidence in the rock record when we're trying to explain extinctions or anything, really. One of the lines of evidence is a uh, what we refer to as a dropstone. This is essentially a big boulder or a big class that um, gets deposited either on the land or in this case in the marine. And it's thought that these big boulders would have sit, sat on an ice sheet or something like that. And then the ice sheet broke off away from the land. And then once the little iceberg or the ice sheet would melt, it had rocks on it. And those rocks, basically, they just sink to the bottom of the ocean. And you can't really provide an explanation to how these rocks get into the rock record. Like you look at it and you're like, why is there that big boulder there? You can't really explain it. So it's thought that these things somehow get incorporated into the ice sheet. The ice sheet breaks off. It floats out into the ocean. It melts and it drops all these sediments into um, the middle of the ocean, essentially. So you get these big, gigantic boulders. So you have a hard time explaining how they get there. So yeah, this is a cartoon of that. So you have your ice sheet. Um, sediments get incorporated into your ice sheet, and then once you melt the icebergs, then they deposit those rocks down at the bottom of the ocean. So hopefully that makes a little bit more sense to you with, um, with having this cartoon. It's a pretty good cartoon. All right, so that, that could be a line of evidence, but the thing is, that's, so there's evidence that tells us the presence of those dropstones tell us, okay, there was an ice sheet, possibly on Antarctica, because how else do you explain those dropstones, but how, what caused the ice sheet? That we don't really have an answer for the cause of it. So these, if you go through these uh, bullet points, the first one being that it's located at the South Pole. So typically, if a continent is at the North or the South Pole, there's a pretty good likelihood, if you're not in a super, super warm period of Earth's history, that it could, um, snow could accumulate on the land surface. So we see this at the North Pole, Greenland, um, or any of the northern latitude regions where you have permafrost. So think of Alaska, Russia, Siberia, places like that, and then also Antarctica down in the south. Um, this is sort of um, that it, it was there and it was it went to that location because of the breakup of Pangaea. And when you have ice sheets, um, that will essentially change uh, global currents, so oceanic currents. It will be influenced by those ice sheets. And what can happen is um, it can basically deflect the warm currents. So the warm currents are going to naturally just stay away from where you have the ice sheets. So it could actually cause like a positive uh, feedback loop. So it's like it's colder, the water gets colder, you build the ice sheet and it keeps happening more and more and more and the colder it gets, the more that it deflects the warm water away from it. So it just kind of makes it worse and worse and worse and colder and colder and colder. Um, and then, yeah, and then also the position of the Antarctic continent. So the continent of Antarctica is completely isolated. It sits at the bottom of the, the earth, 
or the Southern Pole. And what happens is it basically set up a situation where you have this really cold oceanic current that cycles around Antarctica and essentially continues to keep it cold. So it's like the circular ocean. There's lots of oceanic currents all over the whole world, but there's this main one that sits around and it just cycles around Antarctica. So it, is, it effectively, it keeps the warm water away. It keeps Antarctica cold and it allows the snow to keep building up, building up over a long period of time. All right, so in here, the blue, those are those oceanic currents that I was speaking about. This is uh, the continent of Antarctica, and it's thought that perhaps in the Eocene, the plates were a little bit closer to each other, so Antarctica could have been a little bit closer to maybe South America, Africa, um, other continents, and then as um, they continue to kind of separate and move further away from each other in the Oligocene, uh, this sets up the oceanic current that still exists today, where it literally just cycles around Antarctica. All right, so the end of the Pleistocene. So this was approximately 11 million years ago. Uh, this was uh, really impacted North America, so there were large uh, mammal extinctions but not necessarily a mass extinction. And why is this? Why did it really only affect the mammals on the land? Um, okay, so these are some of the lines of evidence. So the, um, the six species, there were, there used to be six species of horses, so that was affected. Um, there were camels on North America. There were giant ground sloths, saber-toothed cats, mammoths and mastodons, and then giant armadillos um, that were referred to as this down here. I'm not sure exactly how you say that. But basically, um, all of these went extinct on North America at the end of the last um, ice age. These are um, a mastodon versus a mammoth. Um, you can see here that the tusks are a little bit different. It's slightly smaller. Um, and it's more of a, um, yeah, browser versus a grazer. So it's just there's a difference in the style of the teeth. Um, this is a woolly mammoth. This guy has a lot more fur. Its tusks are a little bit down here. And then this is just in comparison to a modern elephant over here, an African elephant. So these two right here, um, these went extinct. And I think it's thought that... Um, potentially uh, Native American species would have hunted these guys until they basically, they were a food source. Um, that is one hypothesis. Uh, this is the massive um, armadillo you can see here compared to a human. I mean, this guy was really, really huge. So this guy also went extinct. So why? Climate change or could it have been that humans figured out how to hunt? So I think that this is generally um, the favored hypothesis, maybe a combination of both. All right, so in terms of the climate change hypothesis, um, the evidence for this is that um, it was locally a drier climate in the Holocene, so a little bit more, just less humidity, less rain. Um, this would have had a major effect on the large herbivore, so they wouldn't have had as much food sources if it's a drier climate. Think of like um, in the desert here, we do have cattle and we do have like antelope and things that graze, but we don't have like massive herds of um, like cows are really hard to grow in the desert. They need a lot bigger area because there's less vegetation. 
So if you change the climate, you kind of get rid of the big trees and the lush vegetation, the land is not going to be able to support as many animals as it once would when it had all those plants and trees. So maybe that could have affected or could have caused a lot of these larger mammals to die off. Um, so that's just going back to the climate change chart. The other hypothesis, and it's probably likely a combination of both. Usually when you're dealing with ex extinctions, it's it's sort of, um, it can be one main thing, but then it has all this ripple effect. Like a main thing could have a ripple effect and allow other factors to play into it. So um, it's thought that man arrives to North America. So it's thought that man was probably um, in places like Africa and China uh, prior to coming to North America. And they would have migrated here um, much later in like the history of humans, if you will. Um, so they would have essentially, Native Americans would have been around and hunting all these large mammals as a food source. And that could have been um, one of the main reasons why they went extinct. All right. So um, this is a bit controversial, and this is a topic to always, I would say, keep your eye on because it's always changing where, like, the origin of man has come from. Has it come from East Africa? Has it come from China? Has it come from uh, South Africa? They found some really old human fossils from there more recently than what the slide is telling us. Um, so yeah, it's it's always changing. As humans find more and more fossils, we're pushing sort of the date back to the origin of man or how old man is. Um, it's always becoming older and older and older. So as science continues to advance and you have more people studying the rocks and paleontologists going into remote locations using technology, we're finding that um, there's man is much more complicated and how we evolved is much more complicated than would have ever uh, we would have ever thought. So um, this is one route that has been uh, pretty well established and documented through um, gene sequencing and like DNA. And it's thought that